0: I'm Afshan Ratansian. welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from the Middle East in mourning and in the shadow of a Biden administration vetoing a UN Security Council resolution to end the Gaza genocide armed by the US, UK and EU nations. Veteran Ohio congressman and former Democratic presidential contender Dennis Kucinich is calling for a ceasefire in Palestine and the end of NATO-backed war against Russia through Ukraine. He joins me again from Cleveland in Ohio. Thank you so much, Dennis, for uh, coming back on. Things seem to have got much worse since you were last on... On the show, I suppose uh, Biden obviously gave this $200 million to Zelensky, but we better start with Gaza. Uh, How is uh, Biden able to continue arming Israel to commit uh, genocide in Gaza when the whole world, I think even Canada, voted against the United States? Even Britain abstained uh, on this ceasefire uh, resolution at the United Nations General Assembly.
1: Well, uh, Israel and... um the United States are, are really in this together, but the rest of the world, uh, 99% of the world is asking for another direction, or asking for a ceasefire. And not only is uh, the Netanyahu government accelerating the carnage, but they're now talking about waging war against the West Bank. And so um, this is part of a larger plan to um, ethnically cleanse uh, Palestinians out of territories so they can be claimed as part of a larger plan that Netanyahu's ultra-nationalist partners um, have been advocating for
0: quite some time. I mean, clearly your calls for a ceasefire have been so loud, you've got laryngitis. Uh, how, how does the mass killing of children in any conceivable way help, uh, or geopolitical way, help the United States uh, in this world?
1: Well, you know, that question answers itself. Um, this, this is heartbreaking. I mean, I mourn the loss of, of Israeli children. I mourn the loss of Palestinian children, but we have to remember that the carnage that's being waged in Gaza um, is wholly disproportionate, and it's it's a war of choice against the Palestinians. It can hardly be called a war because uh, there's a little mutuality in an
0: exchange of uh, of force. You said disproportionate. Um, you also said Israelis, of course, who died on October the 7th. But Biden said, uh, appeared to say that the FBI, all the enforcement services in the United States can't protect American Jews. He said, quote, were there no Israel, there, would, there wouldn't be a Jew in the world that is safe. And I mean, there are more American Jews in the United States than there are in Israel. W- w- what is he talking about? That was at the Hanukkah party at the White House.
1: Well, we certainly want... Uh, Jews to be safe wherever, wherever
0: they live. But Israel guarantees their but, safety. But, but here's the thing. This war is
1: not making uh, Israelis safe or Jews safe anywhere in the world. Uh, it is widely viewed by the rest of the world as being a vengeful act, uh, as being ethnic cleansing, as being genocide, as being a massacre. And there are those who wrongly blame all Jews for that. This is the Netanyahu administration, and this is their plan, this their their program. And we um, we, we have to be mindful that the members of that administration, who are ultra-nationalist, have long held a plan to uh, eliminate Palestinians. From, from Gaza and the West Bank, and for that matter, Southern Lebanon. This, um, th- there's, there's a number of things wrong with this. Uh, one is that there, there is uh, discrimination against Jews all over the world, and it's accelerating because of this war. But the thing that I'm concerned about, as someone who actually considers himself a friend of Israel this could lead to the destruction of Israel itself, because uh, the people, notwithstanding what governments do in the Middle East, the people in these various nations that are the neighbors of uh, of Israel are, are watching every day uh, the the deaths of women and children and and not other and men who are non-combatants, and there's only so much that people can tolerate in their hearts. I mean, you you know, we we understand that um, that Jews were traumatized uh, across the generations by the Holocaust. How could they not be? But one must not take that trauma and uh, deal with it by inflicting uh, the same kind of punishment on other people. And uh, this is exactly what's happening. And it is, uh, it is a great tragedy, but it's a matter of choice. And the United States has been fully behind Israel. Make no mistake about it. President Biden is fully behind Israel in this endeavor. And he may uh, scold uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. He may tell him to stop, but he's also pro- providing the weapons to continue and, um, and, and is seeking even more. So, um, you know, I, I stand for the survival of Israel. I stand for the survival of the Palestinians. Um, I, I think we have to be on the side of peace. That's the side that the world ought to be on. And instead, what's happening is that uh, through propaganda and other means, uh, there's an attempt to justify the mass killing of Palestinians. There is no justification for that. Just as there is no justification for the deaths of the twelve hundred uh, Israelis who perished on October seventh. Now, you know, you can get into the history, and I'm fully aware of the history, but I'm not for killing. And once you once you start to justify murder, you become uh, involved in a cycle of violence that never stops. And this is as old as, as
0: humanity. Well, we, you know, we certainly, and we now hear all this information about October the 7th, uh, separate to that. But of course, some of the most articulate voices supporting Palestine in this uh, onslaught on Gaza are Jewish voices and from the Jewish community all around the world and American Jews. But this time around, if you look at opinion polls, the American public seem completely out of step with their congressmen and women how how is it that the congress does not reflect us opinion polls show you know about half the people saying uh, what israel is doing is is wrong basically it appears to be anyway
1: yeah uh i would say on the issue of uh of israel there's always been a disconnect uh between the mass of american people and members of congress uh you know we can't denied that Israel's been very successful through various lobbies and uh, having a very strong position uh, with respect to members of Congress. And, uh, you know, there's a whole range of activities that take place that assure that, that Israel's support will continue. Um, I mean, I'm familiar with that, of course, but...
0: It's your this, party, this is, the Democrat Party, that are worse than the Republicans, arguably. Well... Uh, <laughs> Look, we have a
1: uniparty right now when it comes to war, and that's a problem. I find it um, heartbreaking to uh, see uh, ethnic cleansing, massacres, genocide inflicted on on the Palestinians. Uh, the world is crying out for not just a ceasefire, but for a means of of settling. Uh, the differences that exist between the parties. We thought Oslo was going to do that now. Prime Minister Netanyahu is not only talking about ripping up Oslo, but he's uh, ready to attack uh, military, ready to launch a military attack against West Bank uh, and, the, and, the, and the Palestinian Authority there.
0: Well, we, just, we, um, say, we had an Oslo negotiator on. He walked out of the interview the other day from this show, so I'm not sure how Oslo is seen. But you met Netanyahu, haven't you? And uh, I understand he he had words with you about the aims of Israeli policy, or at least his policy, and how the United States needed to follow his policy.
1: Yeah, uh, he's made it very clear, and this was 20 years ago, that his aim was to have the United States uh, take out uh, Iraq, Iran, and Libya. And I talked to him personally about this, and I asked him um, if he feels so strongly about this. Uh, Mr. Netanyahu, why don't you do it? And he responded in very cool tones. He said, oh, no, oh, no. Uh, we want you to do this. And this relationship between the United States and Israel, uh, I, I think we have to ask, in the U.S., we have to ask at what point uh, can uh, uh, does Mr. Netanyahu not speak for the United States. At what point do we uh, continue to listen to him? He was—he he testified before Congress, just before the Iraq war began. He was one of those who wanted America to go after Iraq. He was wrong. Uh, we were lied to to take us into that war. Uh, you know, I gave over 500 speeches in Congress, uh, not only against the Iraq war, but against war with uh, Iran, against uh the attacks on uh, Lebanon, Syria, uh, on behalf of Palestinians who are just trying to survive. And none of it had to do with any dislike for the government of Israel, especially the people of Israel. But what Netanyahu's government has done is to take Israel in a new direction that is offensive to um, human rights, that's offensive uh, to uh, to everything that's good and decent about humanity.
0: Well, in, we in fairness, can't... he does enjoy massive support, of course, within Israel. I also understand that uh, there was a plan to attack the civil nuclear pro- program in Iran. I mean, I'm speaking to you from the Middle East. It would have an I- impact, perhaps environmental impact here.
1: Yeah, there was such a plan. I spoke out against it on the floor of the House uh, when when the first elements of it appeared, when the United States was prepared to launch um, a nuclear bunker busters on uh, the uh, facility, research facility. Uh, I think it was at Estefan.
0: Um, the, yeah. Boucher, the Boucher uh, reactor.
1: Let, let's, but let's go, let's go deeper into this. This really is a time for a reappraisal of the United States' role in the world and of our willingness to support violence anywhere and everywhere in the world we need a of a, a policy an international policy that can work with the nations of the world and 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 not as a um, as a unipolar nation but through cooperation and you know our our efforts uh successful efforts for unfortunately to cut off communication with russia uh has resulted in uh, Russia beginning to separate from the West itself. Uh, there's nothing good that can come out of that. We, we're creating new power blocks as a result of, of of our willingness to participate in aggression. And you know, it's the reason for that BRICS uh, was created. It's and, and it's and you know what? It doesn't work. <laughs> our, the U.S. involvement in in Ukraine was a disaster. Well,
0: I'll stop you there, Dennis. We'll have more of that in uh, part two. Uh, More from the twice U.S. Democrat presidential contender and former mayor of Cleveland, Ohio, after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with the twice U.S. Democrat presidential contender and former mayor of Cleveland, Ohio, Dennis Kucinich. Dennis, I cut you off for end of part one about uh, uh, Ukraine. What did you make of uh, Lloyd Austin, this uh, Raytheon contractor now in charge of your Pentagon, threatening, it appears, senators' children to... uh if they didn't uh, allow more money being sent to Kiev. I mean, that's as Tucker Carlson put it, he, he put it that way. He was threatening congressmen, your uncle's cousins and sons to fight uh, Russia if Ukraine aid is not approved. And John Kirby, the spokesperson actually said, American blood will be the cost of not sending more U.S. public money to Zelensky. So, so there are people who are okay with Ukrainians
1: shedding their blood and the American people will never stand for a draft uh, to go and fight in Ukraine against Russia. Uh, and, and this whole thing was unnecessary. You know, so what, was, what was, did was he a, mean? D-
0: I mean, Zelensky was then in Washington this week. What What is Lloyd Austin talking about? Uh, American blood and John Kirby.
1: Look, um, you know, they'll do anything they can to try to uh, get more money. So They'll say anything. They want to keep the war going. To what end? This war is over. I mean, Russia has won. The only question is, what are the terms of a settlement, and uh, and what happens to Zelensky? Uh, I would say that the United States made a strategic mistake, and uh, a colossal mistake, in um, in in designing to overthrow in, in the overthrow of a Russian of a Ukrainian government, and then designing to turn that into the overthrow of the Russian government. It was sheer folly and uh, the people who uh, charted that course uh, should never be near a decision-making of any kind on behalf of the United States. It has been a triple canopy disaster and um, uh, for the Ukrainian people, uh, heartbreaking uh, hundreds of thousands of deaths of the the lifeblood of the nation and uh, for Russia and the people in uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, a continuation of the violence that they were trying to get out of, that Russia, by virtue of its constitution, was compelled to defend uh, those provinces. The United States understood that. We proceeded anyway to fund a war, uh, thinking that there'd be some kind of attrition, uh, thinking that the sanctions would undermine Russia, they didn't do that. Thinking that the disruption in energy supplies would hurt Russia, that didn't happen. Thinking that uh, they'd wear Russia's army down, that didn't happen. I mean, that could have all been predicted right at the beginning. And so uh, this, I wanna go back to what I started to say. America's international policy is totally flawed. We're creating enemies instead of working to create friends. We, we are, uh, and, and every time we go to create an enemy uh, by design, it ends in disaster, uh, not only for the people in the in, in the countries that engage in conflict, but for the American people as well. And for the U.S. taxpayers who, since 9-11, have dished out for trillions of dollars. I mean, it's a disgrace. The, the average American family of four is paying Close to $100,000 for all these wars. I mean, it, it, had we not been dedicated to war and had we been dedicated to the lives of our own people, improving their lives, you know, uh, we could have become the land of milk and honey here. But no, there's people who uh, cannot exist unless they're propelling war. And I've seen it. It is uh, horrific, it is evil. and it it needs to stop, but it's about the policy itself, and Mr. Biden became an instrument of it. His predecessors were instruments of it, Uh, and this is the way American foreign policy works right now. But unless it changes, we're going to be looking at a regional war, and it could uh, trigger World War III. There's a limit to how much uh, other nations in the Middle East are going to tolerate the destruction of the culture and and the buildings and the the society uh, in in Gaza and in West Bank, there's a limit to how much uh, Russia and other nations are going to take uh, an incursion by the US into their internal affairs. Every nation ought to be able to handle its own affairs without interference from any other nation. And you know, whatever happened to live and let
0: live. Or are there people in the State Department who think, No, bring it on. We can beat Russia and China and Venezuela and Iran all at the same time while bombing Syria. I mean, uh, Vladimir Putin was here in the UAE as COP28 uh, was uh, wrapping up the environmental uh, climate change uh, summit. When Biden was in the Middle East last, the president of Egypt wouldn't even meet him or the king of Jordan. Uh, Do the American people know about how the reputation of the United States has changed in the past uh, 12 months?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, like people in many nations, I mean, you know, the American people are good people. I was honored to represent them in the United States Congress for 16 years and honored to run for president twice on their behalf. They're essentially peace loving. Their government isn't. And it's about our government. And the people trust government, they trust government's going to do the right thing. Uh, Instead, Time after time, uh, we've seen a march of folly from from uh, Vietnam on, you know, more recently, uh, Iraq, uh, Libya, uh, Ukraine, um, Gaza, West Bank. And, you know, how, how many times can you be wrong and still have credibility? But that's part of the problem in the United States. Uh, those who are responsible for the greatest disasters uh, are given the most credibility and um it's the Peter Principle personified when it comes to uh, international policy. The irony
0: of the reluctance. No, the
1: more you screw up, the higher you because you know you go in in U.S. Uh, policy making. Uh, it's you know it's the Peter Principle pers- principles personified.
0: The irony of the reluctance on the Hill, in the House, and in the Senate to uh, go through with more cash to Zelensky's account and more uh, weaponry to kill children in Gaza is that it was about the southern border problem. Do the politicians there realize that there are gonna be more refugees created by what's happening in the Middle East and what's happening in Ukraine that may well end up on your southern border as did Afghans after uh, the US's defeat there?
1: Every, every war creates refugees. I mean, it is mind blowing when you think about Gaza how 80% of the people have been displaced. And then, you know, they're told to go in another place and then they get attacked there. But talk about the Southern border. Yeah. I mean, you have to have borders to have a country. (laughs) I it's axiomatic. And uh, the Biden administration has just opened up the borders. The borders are porous now. And anybody can come in. That's a problem. And we're creating more refugees. Our borders open. And there is no way that's gonna be work out well for the U.S. and for the big cities that are already trying to um, provide service for the hundreds of thousands of refugees that have been moving, particularly in the north part of the U.S. I, you know, I, I, I fear for my country. I, 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 I'm concerned that the people who are running it are craven, um, are stupid, and are crooked, and um, and this uh, augurs uh, disaster for my nation, which I love and which uh, I, I defended uh, as a member of Congress in every way that I could, but I will tell you, we must change our position in the world. We should have been reaching out to Russia. We should have been reaching out to China. We should be reaching out to all of the BRICS nations, but we didn't do that, and as a result, that will affect America's economy. It will affect the dollar. It will affect the elasticity in our economy. It will result in America's role in the world being drastically altered. Notwithstanding our military power, there's only a limited amount that you can put guns on the table and 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 force people to make decisions. Uh, the U.S. is losing. Whatever moral authority it had left, by continuing to fuel uh, the um, uh, the attacks and the deaths of the uh, Palestinian. And again, I want to state because you know uh, every 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 criticism of the war that's uttered uh, inevitably brings back charges of anti-Semitism. Um, we must. We must proceed with respect uh, for each other, and we must. Uh, you know, I I support the existence of the state of Israel. I do not support uh, the the uh, annexation that is underway. Uh, I do not support the the ethnic cleansing, the genocide that is taking place. I, you know, no matter how you dress it up, let's get real. That's exactly what's happening. And the United States is complicit in that, you know. If you if you give somebody guns to commit a crime, you get charged in in state courts in this kind of, in in America. And we're giving the guns uh, into to Israel, and you know you can't simultaneously tell uh, Mr. Netanyahu that hey, stop it, <laughs> but. Here's here's a load of weapons. Do whatever you know. Do whatever you want. Well, I mean, what does Mr. Biden think, <laughs> Mr. W- that uh, Netanyahu is going to do with those weapons? We must stop this. It, it's not just about a ceasefire. We have to cease war. We have to cease war as an instrument of policy. We we have to end war once and for all. Or war will end us. And um, it's 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 mind blowing that in the twenty. Um, in, in the 21st century, uh, we're still uh, dealing with these questions about, you know, about war and justifying it.
0: It's just just, just finally, then, uh, Dennis. Um- Uh, And I should say the Arab League wanted an arms embargo on on Israel, (laughs) which, of course, uh, would uh, stop EU weapons and British weapons too. Just finally, very briefly, in the run-up to the 2024 election, I mean, clearly Trump is uh, leading in the Iowa caucuses. Uh, Do you think Biden would seriously countenance an idea of a hot war with Iran uh, using the Gaza situation as a pretext?
1: Oh, I'm sure there are people out there right now that want war with Iran. I know that. Um, they don't know anything about Iran. Iran's an advanced society, uh, skilled in engineering and technology, and they're treating it like it's, um, you know, some third world country. My concern is that this uh, uh, drum beating, this depraved thinking about continuing war—if they, if they ignite a war against Iran, it'll it'll go global, and um, it will dramatically change uh, our life here in this country um, we should be working with Iran to settle any differences that exist and uh, as far as the presidential election in 2004
0: 24
1: uh, 2024 I thank you I think that um, I think that mr. Biden's conduct of, the, of uh, various wars including, Ukraine and what's happening in in Gaza uh, will serve to undermine his presidency. It's going to make it very difficult for him to get reelected. At this point, uh, I'm not making a prediction, but Donald Trump appears to be in a, a very favorable position to return to the White House. Uh, not so much based on 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 his uh, merits, which people can debate. But based on the follies of the Democratic Party on weaponizing prosecution, on um, continuing to um, uh, to make Trump an issue everywhere, I mean, the way that you defeat Trump is ignore him, and you know. But, but that ship has sailed years ago.
0: Dennis Kucinich. So uh, Dennis Kucinich, thank you. Thank you. That's it for the show. Our continued condolences to those surviving the killing in Gaza. We'll be back on Monday with more Gaza coverage when we get a Saudi Arabia perspective on the alleged NATO nation-armed holocaust. Until then, you can keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country. And head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you on Monday.